when you do a masterclass and you're like, click the button below, do it now. It's only going to be there for 30 more seconds. That works. It does work. But the problem is it works for a certain type of person who's in a certain type of mindset. Mm. So if you are the type of person that's going to click a button to buy from me because I say, click it now, do it now. If you are that sort of person, then actually you're not my ideal client because my ideal client is more considered than that. They're more intentional than that. They're not going to do it because there's a clock ticking hanging over them and me shouting at them going, do it now. That's not my ideal client. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. So welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It. Joining me today is Rachel Howarth. So um, welcome, first of all, Rachel. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. Glad to be here. Pleasure, um, given that we met on this this audio platform called uh, called Clubhouse, where you can only see a circle with somebody's face on it. Yeah, <laughs> oh the irony, hey! <laughs> the irony. So, look, listen, you're um, sales and business coach for coaches. You created a five step sales system. Um, you've been M- you're the MD of a regional corporate training company uh, that achieved hundred million sales. Um, trained over 2,000 people so far. This might have gone up, you tell me. And um, we found out we both come from a very similar length of time spent in a big corporate institution, uh, Virgin Atlantic in my case, Auto Trader in your case. So interested to find out a little bit more about what motivated you to you know, take that leap into um, self-employment and entrepreneurship and really dig into um, your background and how you're able to help coaches, content creators, course creators, build and scale their online business. So am I talking to the right person? That That is me. Yes, I is her. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and a podcaster. I am now, thanks to you, Alex. There you go. And um, when everybody is listening uh, to this podcast, uh, your podcast will be live. So what is your podcast called, by the way? It's easy. Someone's on a podcast platform. Go and listen to another podcast. Go and listen to Rachel's yes. podcast. Oh, thank you. It's called Building Online Sales Success. And that's because most of the time I'm going to be talking about how to build online sales success. But as you know, it's not just any online sales success. It's easy, not sleazy. So a lot of the time with sales, people find it so awkward 
They uh, they hold themselves back thinking that sales is all about influence, persuasion, money and negotiation. And actually, it's not about any of those things. It's about people and connection and relationships. So, uh, yeah, it's all about how to sell in the online world without using all the icky tactics that people really want to avoid. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited now to be a fellow podcaster. Amazing. Well, congr- congratulations on that front. Thank you. Um, so, look, to kick things off, I'm interested to know, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see content creators, course creators, coaches making? Because I've been probably, well, I am all of those things, you know, have, have a course, um, coaching, content creator through the podcast and now through the likes of Clubhouse, etc. Um, so, yeah, what are some of the biggest mistakes? Because I see it in the podcasting space all the time, hence why people come to me to learn how to do go about it the correct way. But you see 99% of people just winging it and getting it completely wrong. So what's it like <laughs> in your space? Yeah, <laughs> I love that, winging it and getting it wrong. Well, I think one of the most common mistakes is – expecting it to be as easy as it looks on other people's social media mm-hmm. because in the online coaching world this is this is one of my soapbox topics and i'm sure i'm going to be talking about this in my podcast quite a lot but one of one of the biggest things about the online coaching space in particular unlike any other industry people talk about how much they earn <laughs> they talk about their bank statements their stripe notifications they talk about um and we know why they do it you know it's about social proof and proving that you get your clients results but it just seems to be that um when you see a successful coach online they're usually talking about money and the success of their clients and so the people reading that assume if they're early on in their journey that it can be that straightforward for them too Mm. and so one of the things i will often say to people is you can have those big goals you know the coaching space is a well-paid space you know if you're good at it and you can have all those great things of income and freedom and creating impact for hundreds of thousands of people but you've got to align your goals with your actions you can't have that big goal to run a multi-million dollar company if you only work five hours a week you know it just doesn't work that way you hear people talking about passive income and there's nothing passive about selling courses it's a it's a lifetime of marketing as you probably well know so i think that is the biggest mistake is not aligning your goals goals and your actions and assuming that it can be that you become an overnight success and I think I can't remember whose quote it is now but somebody did say in a very famous quote that you know it's taken me x number of years to to be an overnight success because there is no such thing as overnight success no you're right and um I think you've probably met her as well she's a former guest on on my show and then I reconnected with her on Clubhouse, Maria Hatsis-Stefanis from Rodeo, which is, you know, uh-huh. a beauty company and her book, How to Be an Overnight Success. And of course, it's, it's tongue in cheek because it took her 20, 25 years to create a $100 million company with, um, I always forget the names of these people, a youngest Kardashian type person um, as the face of her brand and, you know, marketing her, her products for her, you know, doesn't, doesn't happen overnight for sure. So, um, Here's another question, um, just coming off the back of that one, actually. Again, probably one of the most common questions that I get asked is, you know, how long does it take? Um, how much, had it last night on a webinar, how much time do I need to invest 
weekly when it comes to like maintaining my podcast, like marketing my podcast. So, w- what would you say? What would your advice be again, coming off the back of that? That it's a uh, you know full time marketing to make good money, being a being a course creator, being a coach. What do you think that looks like if you are? If you're launching a course, for example, let's take that as an example. How much time yeah. do you think you need to invest in? And, and again, it's for me, it's probably one of those ones. How long is a piece of string? I see people spending every waking hour marketing their podcast. But what do you think the kind of entry level would be for somebody to actually make it a success and whatever success means in their eyes, of course. Yeah, I mean, that that is a great question. And funny enough, we were talking about this in a lead generation clubhouse room earlier today. And um, my response to the person was that you have seasons in your business, you know, that like you have when it comes to like lead generation and creating that success that you want, you have seasons. And the first part when you're starting out, when you're just launching your service, you're just launching your personal brand, the season is proactivity. The season is hard work. You know, the season is you've got to show up, you've got to be visible, you've got to be there. Because as we all know, leads do not all just jump on a bus and arrive at your front door and ring the doorbell and say, hey, can you help me? You have to go and make that happen. And so As a rule of thumb, I would usually say if you are in that season of just starting out, of being really proactive to find those first 5, 10, 15 clients, I would suggest somebody invest three hours a day and that that three hours a day on marketing be dedicated to revenue generating activities, which for me look like connection. So that could be chatting with people in the DMs. It could be jumping on Zoom to have a coffee. It could be chatting in a clubhouse room, but but with intention behind the conversation. Mm. So I think as long as there is connection and a quality dialogue, that for me constitutes revenue generating activities you know there's all sorts of other things that people would say well is this not revenue generating and is this not revenue you know it's it's writing a blog is that revenue generating mm. well actually no it's not it's you hiding behind your laptop writing a blog you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's me at home designing canva templates is that revenue generating no it's not it's you hiding in your canva revenue generating activity is about being visible and showing up on your instagram live jumping on a linkedin live with somebody and you know jumping on a stream yard and doing a little interview and that's revenue generating activity giving your audience an insight into who you are how you help who you help why you do what you do and most importantly how they can benefit from all of those things so I know I love I love that, and you know it wasn't until I don't know how many years ago now, maybe only five or six years ago, that I actually clarified what a revenue generating task was. Like I came across this guy that I followed in the health and fitness space because that was a space I used to be in. A guy, guy called Todd Durkin, who's like a fitness coach, but he trains like elite NFL, NBA athletes, and has got a, you know killer personal brand now, but. He put me onto this guy's website called nomorebrowndays.com, okay? And it's like a color-coded calendar where you had like you start off with yellow, which is like your uh, mellow yellow, you know, your time to, to for me, running, swimming in the sea. Then it's like putting in your um, blue sky thinking, so planning for the next month, the next week, the next quarter, the next year. And then it's green, and it should be lots and lots of green on your calendar, <laughs> you know, revenue generating days. And then there should be maybe 
you know, half a day or three or four hours at least of red for admin every week, you know, but the, the predominant color was green and it was just clarifying what is revenue generating. Cause like you say, a lot of people, we see it on clubhouse, just kind of like hanging out in a room. And if you haven't got the ability to have the mic on a, on a regular basis, you know, okay, you're learning, you're learning. But if you just learned since you came on in maybe January, it's not revenue generating, is it? You know, you're not drawing attention to who you are and what you do and giving people a clear call to action and sending them somewhere. Like you say, and then there's the DM and then, then there's the conversation and that's more revenue yeah. generating tasks as well. But yeah, you must see it all the time. Sure. Yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. You know, like I, I had one lady um, come to me a couple of weeks ago and we've worked together before and, you know, I sort of graduated her from the program and off she went on her own. And then she came back to me. She said, Oh, Rachel, it's all falling apart. And I know it's my fault. I just haven't been implementing. I haven't been doing the things I need some accountability. So we started working together one-to-one and I gave her these um, this like um, social media strategy to help her to kickstart her account, to kickstart the engagement. The first day she posted and the post was an introductory post. I said, your first bit of homework is reintroduce yourself to your audience yeah. and to do that on a on an IG live that sits on your grid and do it in your stories. She sent me a voice note at the end of that day and said, I have never had so much engagement on my account. I can't believe the difference. Just one post that is intentional can mm. make you know it's and, it, and it's often overlooked because people get busy being busy and actually we need to get busy on the right things and if we do that and we do that you know with authenticity and we do it for the right reasons not not clickbait um if we do the right things for the right reasons then usually our ideal client is out there and they can feel that attraction and that connection and and good conversations can then take place. Yeah, it's funny. When I took somebody on just to do my look after my Instagram back in, I think maybe April this year, and that was because my Instagram, because it's linked to my clubhouse, it like doubled from a thousand to two thousand, and now it's you know three thousand, four thousand. And the first post she got me to do was was just that, you know, introduce yourself to your new audience and reconnect yourself with your existing audience. And you know, guess what? It was the most popular post <laughs> that I'd actually, I think, ever put out there. Yeah. So. It makes sense. And how how key is consistency, though, from somebody, you know, posting for, I don't know, 10 days leading up to it? I, I had this with, it, with, with um, a client with a podcast. We literally built all the way up to the launch, launched the podcast, and then she never talked about the podcast once from the day after launch. Yeah. And then she comes back to me two months later and goes, well, my podcast didn't do anything. What can we do about it? And it's just like that. You can lead a horse to water, but if you literally don't consistently implement what I've told you to do, guess what? It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Well, I mean, consistency is something that always comes up because, as you quite rightly said, there is no point in being there one day and then not being there the next. And, 
your audience, you know, if they are going to be clients of yours one day, they want to know a few things about you. They want to know that you are reliable. They want to know that they can trust you. They want to know that your business has longevity and that, you know, they can be loyal to you as a client, but also you're going to be loyal back to them as a supplier. So, nobody wants to invest in somebody that's here today, gone tomorrow. So, that consistency in our marketing demonstrates what it's like to work with us once the marketing's done and the sales made and they're then within our client base they don't want you to be on the end of the phone when they when you're trying to win them as a client but then then you're nowhere to be seen so consistency for me demonstrates you know how you do business full stop you know your values your integrity and if you're not consistent with your <coughs> with your marketing and the way that you show up, then it becomes very obvious to people that you only show up when you want something. It's like the relative that only calls you a couple of weeks before Christmas and you yeah. think, oh, I know your game. And so <laughs> you and if you do that with your marketing, your audience will come to learn that. Oh, here's Rachel again. She only shows up when she's launching an offer. So you have to be there for the long term with a service mindset. You know, your mindset has to be, how can I serve my audience? Not because I want something, but because I want to. Mm. Um, and so I try to encourage my clients all the time to see everybody as a client, see your whole audience as a client. If you've got 10K followers on Instagram, you've got 10K clients you know that if you see them as clients and you serve them as clients one day they will be like it yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that makes perfect sense yeah yeah I, I really do believe that that's the case and who who are we to set the time frame somebody might be ready to work with you within two weeks somebody else might take two months somebody else might not be ready for six months and often sales is misconstrued or you know misunderstood that it's about you setting the time frame and you setting the budget and you persuading somebody to do something that they don't want to do that yeah. actually it's about you coaching somebody through a decision that's what it is and so it's not up to you about the time frame it's it's up to them and so that consistency really plays into that for me yeah, it's interesting. Funny enough, I've literally just had a WhatsApp message from somebody that I met earlier in the summer, and he's come to me with an opportunity, me and Sabrina actually, with an opportunity. And he, I've known him for a few years, seen him out, you know, had the odd beer and a general chit-chat conversation. But um, him actually saying to me, like every year for about the last three years, I'm, when the time is right, I'm going to come to you. I'm working on something, but it's not ready yet to put before you. And um, yeah, this summer is it right? The opportunity is right. This is how much revenue this has brought in. This is the you know the size of the potential opportunity here. This is the size of the database we've got. Da 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 da. Um, and I've literally had a message today saying, um, "Do you want to meet up in London next week?" And it's just interesting how long. Um, people will watch you and bide your time. I had two sales calls last week, both from people who worked for previous companies that I'd known who are now with a new company. And one of the things they want the new company to do is a podcast. And it, it's funny when they kind of um, unbox the whole story. It's like, yeah, and I see you swimming in the sea, and I see you doing your running. And it's like, yeah. that's got nothing to do with um, the services that I provide as a podcast agency owner. But equally, it clearly must show to some degree anyway that they know, like, and trust me or they wouldn't um, 
be watching that and totally i i could not i couldn't agree more i had a lady the other day message me and she said rachel i've got a, i've got a confession and i said oh what's that and she said i don't ever look at my own grid on instagram anymore i just look for your stories i just love them mm. and and that's some if, if it's the right person you know if you're delivering you and you're being you and authentic and all those things the right people will find you and the right people will click with you. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's not for us to say you're going to be a client next week. It's, it's when it's the right time. So yeah, that's why consistency is such a big, such a big deal. And what do you think the size of the opportunity is for those who are looking to, you know, leverage their knowledge, their expertise, um, with, with, you know, we're obviously still living in the in the information age. And you know, I interviewed Gargan Biani, who was um, the founder of Udemy, for example, which mm-hmm. is a you know multi multi billion um, online learning platform, essentially, where people create courses and sell them in you know high, kind of high volume, I guess. So, um, yeah, what for you? What what's the size of the opportunity for those who? have either dipped their toe in the water and haven't perhaps done it successfully or probably more so for the majority out there who've thought about this, seen the difference that the pandemic has had on their business, thought maybe I want to develop another income stream. Um, yeah, what is the size of the opportunity and what are some of the first steps that somebody you would advise them take? Yeah, I mean, the opportunity is massive. For those of us in the business space, you know, I think that's the first thing people usually think of. Oh, you've, you, if you're in the course, course space or the coaching space, you must be in the business space. But, you know, I know somebody that's built a course around baking sourdough bread. You know, you can make mm-hmm. a course about how to make a fantastic apple pie. And so you can build a course. Not making about- me hungry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of those things. <laughs> brilliant can we do cheese and biscuits Uh. (laughs) but you can build a course about anything because yes people will pay to get knowledge but people will also pay to get implementation Mm. and they will also pay to get speed so yes I can go and get some knowledge by reading a book but if I can enroll in a course where somebody's going to get me from A to B faster and with some accountability then, you know, that is worth money. And I think the last time I checked, the online coaching space was worth something like 30 billion. It's a big industry. And for that reason, it's noisy. It's crowded. There's a lot of people in it. It's a non-audited industry. So anybody can join, you know, you can go and get a coaching certification and pay thousands for it. Or you can just join and nobody certificates you and nobody establishes whether or not you've even got that skill to share with somebody. And so that makes it a bit of a roller coaster industry. But I think the size of the opportunity is huge. If you've truly got knowledge, you've truly got expertise and it's in um, an area of life or business that is investable, and when I say investable, I mean somebody's got a problem that they want to pay to fix. If you have got that as a proposition, then the opportunity is is massive. And the first the first step, uh, I think that was the second part of your question. The first step I would say that anybody needs to do is really get clear 
on that roadmap? You know, what is the roadmap that you are going to take somebody on? You know, if it was apple buy, you've got to go pick some apples or buy mm. some apples. You've got to know how to make the pastry. You've got to have an oven. You know, what what are the ingredients that you need to pull together for your ideal client to get on that transformation from having no apple pie to having a lovely apple pie coming out of the oven, smelling all lovely and making you really hungry now. But, you know, get clear on that and then do some research and make sure that it is an investable problem. You, you were clearly watching Great British Bake Off last night as well, weren't you? <laughs> no, do you know what? I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I wandered into the room, shall I say, and my family were watching it. And it was cakes crying out loud oh nice nice um okay here's a question does size matter rachel (laughs) ask me on a saturday night no (laughs) (laughs) does it matter the size of your audience i'll I'll re-clarify that the size of your audience if you are launching a course or you are looking to launch a coaching program um is it direct is your success directly related to the size of your audience or is that a miss conception by myself and many other people the quick answer is no size does not matter and I am living breathing proof that it doesn't because I sold my first high ticket one-to-one coaching program when I had less than 200 people in my audience Um, and I actually did a masterclass about this a couple of weeks ago because um, within a membership that I was asked to go and do a speaking slot in that was the that was the topic that they all voted for was the one thing they absolutely needed. So I thought, oh, well, if that's what they want, then everybody else must want the same. And I delivered a masterclass on it. And it was all about how to sell to a small audience. What are the things that you would do when it's a small audience versus if you've got a big audience? Because, yeah, you know, a lot of people will get in their own heads and think, well, oh, it's not, it's not as easy for me because I haven't got that big audience and other people can just put a post out and everybody wants to buy their stuff. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true at all. When have you ever seen a social media post from a small audience or a large audience account where all the comments are credit card numbers and, yeah, I want to buy it and I'm in and, you know, where do I sign? It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. It's all about when the person is ready. And so one person can be ready tomorrow, whether that one person is in an audience of one or an audience of one million. It's all about the person. And so if you've got a small audience, you just have to connect with them. You know, instead of trying to grow your followers and grow your followers and grow your followers, people need to focus on the followers that they've already got, build connection, build relationship, find out what they need, and then deliver what they need, even if that wasn't really the, the service that you were intending to be your first service. If that's what your audience need, that is what you need to deliver, because then you're on your way then. Then you've got a business. Interesting. And I reflect back to like when I was in the health and fitness space and now every personal trainer, for example, coming out will we'll, we'll try to sell you know, a, a month's worth of training like you know like standard and then you get you know buy five get get one free that kind of thing and then i met this organization who i delivered a webinar for last last night funnily enough um, that i launched their podcast for them um now going to be working with them on relaunching a couple of other podcasts and it's um before then i was doing that that same thing when i first came out of working in the corporate world with virgin but they put implemented a whole 
had coaching, sales system, literally step process, scripts even. And um, I literally ended up, over the time I was with it, every single person that I spoke to, every potential client I spoke to, I signed every single person bar one. And I knew she wouldn't sign um, before I, I even I even met her. You can just kind of sniff this up. I, I had literally like a 99.99 strike rate and I'd literally changed everything to three packages, like 12-month, uh, six-month and three-month package and I can remember the first time I sold something like that and it was like I can't even remember because it was a decade ago but something like three and a half thousand pounds up front and I was just like that oh my god this works somebody (laughs) have that accountability so they're investing in themselves now up front because and they know if they don't turn up money down the drain you know but the first time that happened I was absolutely blown away and I had like you said, I probably had like 200 people on an email list and that was literally it, literally yeah. it. So, yeah, uh, you know, the fact that you, you, you've you done it, I've done it, you know, any, anybody can do it at the end of the day, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Sales is often a skill that people think is about being an extrovert. They think it's about being out there, being loud, being um, being influential, you know, and able to persuade somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Well, maybe that was sales like 10, 15 years ago, but that isn't what sales is now. You know, anybody can learn sales. And some of the best people that I've worked with in my career have been introvert. They've been deep thinkers. They've been reflective people because those people listen better than extroverts. You know, extroverts are like, yeah, you know, let's have a chat. Let's go for a coffee. Let's have a beer. And extroverts are great for conversation. But when it actually comes to listening to Mm. what somebody needs and asking really insightful questions, an introvert would get my vote every day of the week. If I was hiring for my old corporate team, I would take an introvert over an extrovert all day long because they listen more and clients want to be heard. You know, clients don't like not talking about themselves. They like talking about themselves. So if you've got a salesperson that's just blah, 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 look at me, look at me, clients aren't going to enjoy that. Mm, Interesting. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on if somebody was, again, looking to, you know, monetize their their, their knowledge, um, where do you stand on, like, selling something before you've even created it? So finding out if there is a market for it. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Absolutely the best way forward because I've seen people, you know, um, come to me at the end of a six-month, sometimes more journey of building a course, and they build the course and make it perfect, and then they're like, right, I need to launch it. Where's all my audience? Well, Mm. they're not there. So the best way to do it is to build the audience and the program, the course, you know, whatever it is that that you're selling, build it in parallel so that you take the audience with you. So you need to use use functionality on your social media like polls and quizzes and you know ask people questions about what they want and why they want it and of course some people are going to think oh incoming sales pitch you know the minute somebody says what are your biggest challenges you you know there's a sales pitch coming at you but as long as you are genuine and you know you say i'm doing some market research you know put people's minds at rest there isn't a sales pitch at the end of this i just need to know what it is that you are struggling with in relation to these topics, draw out that, you know, book in focus groups if you have to, like find out 
what your ideal client really, really wants in relation to your skill set. And then, you know, the cream will rise. I, I use that phrase a lot. The natural cream will rise out of that conversation because there will be people that say, well, do you know what, Rachel, while we're on the subject of that, is that something that you can actually help me with? And you can then say, well, I can. And part of this research was to help me design a program to to fix that thing. So would you like to join a wait list while I just collect my thoughts, build out what I think the modules and the end result might look like? I'll come back to you with a skeleton overview of the program. And if you want to buy it, I'll let you buy it at a discount because it'll be my first time. Mm. So if you do that enough and you do it with the right people in the right way, then you end up with a small cohort of people that are your testers, your beta testers, your, you know, your first group of people, your first learners. And um, you can go on that little journey of discovery together because you've sold it to them in the right way. They're not expecting shiny and perfect. They're expecting rough and ready because that's how you've sold it to them. You sold it to them on the basis of I've got skills and expertise in this area. I've been able to demonstrate these results in the past, but this is the first time I've done it in this particular way. Are Mm. you prepared to invest in me and the outcome that you want in order to, you know, to get there? And people will say yes. And then you can, then you can build the perfect program when you validated it. Yeah. It's interesting. That's how I did it in, in, in the end. And it was, I think, possibly off the back of me interviewing Lewis Howes and then which took a year to get that interview you know but him coming back to me when he was ready because he had a book to sell but then finding out more about him and he had a program you know like that which I invested in and then I just replicated exactly the same thing and did it you know at a discount um, to the people to literally learn on the fly with me with like a live course and then that formed the basis then for the next course and then got feedback you know questionnaires from that audience and it's like okay what can we add what can we subtract um, yeah. so and it's an ongoing process isn't it i think that's for me what i like about something is other people say you know create it once and you know just let it sit there but i, I like the idea that you could just keep adding to it and and you know because yeah. i'm learning all the time I'm, I'm, we just launched a podcast for a pr agency I learned so much from working with the PR agency yeah. on other things you can do to market your podcast. It was fantastic. You know, yeah. I recommend it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. You're right, though. As you, If you sell the first time on a beta, the next time you sell it, you've got everything that you created, you know, like you might have created assets like worksheets, you know, tasks, homework activities, things like that. You might have created some videos. There's lots of things that you probably created for that first cohort and then when you do the second one and the third one you're always adding to it and improving over time and so for me now with my group coaching accelerator that's now on evergreen which means it's not cohort based it's always enrolling people can join whenever they want we've created really smooth you know nice experience for onboarding and that means that that program now is just being constantly added to because as my ladies, they're all ladies, as they um, join me in that group, they know that I will go off piste. You know, I might have modules one to 12 and I might have all this content, but if they bring me a new problem, I'm not going to say, sorry, girls, you know, the modules are there and that's not covered. I'm going to go, what a great question. Let me create something for you around that. And so the program, every time somebody joins it, it just gets better and better and better. And that's the beauty of an evergreen 
coaching program because you know then that you're getting all of the coaches before you, you're getting the benefit of all of their questions too. And where do you stand on, I mean, is there a right or wrong answer, evergreen versus cohort-based? I, if, if, you know, if I had to choose a way to go and I was, you know, recommending that for a client, I would always say evergreen. Would you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and the main, there's a couple of main reasons for that. <clears throat> Firstly, the one I've just explained, if when it's evergreen, the materials just get stronger and stronger and stronger over time. Mm. The other thing is it's easier for launching because if you launch in cohorts, you've got to plan that into your diary and you, then you have these big peak months and then you have lulls. Yeah. It takes all right, you get an increase of income in a, in a big spike. But, but you have a nervous breakdown. You have a nervous breakdown, exactly. You have <laughs> energy in, in that big spike and it's exhausting. It's mm. also not guaranteed. You can no. do two identical launches and get two very different outcomes. Um, and the other big reason, and, you know, I've, I've run a training company for five years. So when it comes to personal development and learning, you know, I, re- I always come from that angle. People don't learn in the same way. You know, when you, when you give somebody access, and I see this all the time with my group accelerator, when you give people access to the modules, some people come at that like a bullet from a gun and they're like, well, I want to do it all. I'm going to sit down, roll my sleeves up. I'm going to do like yeah. module one to six and then seven to 12, you know, in a weekend. And other people will say, no, I'll just go week by week. You know, I just want to stick and set my time aside. And so people learn as hares or tortoises, you know, like they're yeah. either quick or they're, or they're slow, you know, and, and anything in between. So that for me is the biggest reason why Evergreen works, because you allow people to learn at their pace. Rather than rather than like forcing drip fed content to them and saying, well, you've just paid, you know, four grand for a program, but you can't look at module two until you've done that one. You know, if they've paid their money, give them the stuff and let them do it at their own pace. And um, what do you think is a good lead time when launching anything in your experience, be that a course, a program, et cetera. Is it a week? Is it 10 days? Is it, is it a month? What, it, what, what does it look like? I give my clients a five-week planner. And so within that period, you've got like, you know, the warm-up phase, you've got pre-launch, you've got the launch period, and then you've got the post-launch period. So <clears throat> let's take something like a masterclass. If you use a masterclass to a free masterclass to launch a program, I would say, and I've tested this a few times, don't put that masterclass out there any longer than two weeks before the day of delivery mm-hmm. because the earlier that people sign, the more that they'll call off. The nearer that they opt into the masterclass, the more likely they are to attend. And obviously yeah. your communication in that two-week period needs to be on point as well. So if it was a masterclass, I would say, you know, warm up your audience by telling them that, oh, I'm really excited to deliver a masterclass. What topic would you like it to be on? This, this or this, you know, warm them up. Then get into pre-launch, which is where you're getting the opt-ins. Then you're in your launch phase, which is the delivery of the masterclass with the call to action at the end. 
And then, of course, you open the cart on the program that you want to sell and you do your follow ups and any sales calls that need to happen and any communication that needs to happen. You might use, you know, bonuses and incentives and things like that. But, you know, that's that kind of all falls under the banner of those tactics that um, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of. I just prefer integrity as a way as a way to invite people to to work with me um and so yeah i would say five weeks is is the right amount of time that was literally my next question um was you know where do you stand on scarcity time pressure those kind of different tactics that that you see from everybody from i don't know tony robbins through to russell brunson from click funnels and and everybody probably in between but yeah what what are your thoughts so interested i wanted to ask you that for a while yeah well it is such a great question because although i fly the flag for you know integrity all day long you cannot argue with the numbers Mm. scarcity works urgency works tactics that they do get a result they do get a result. You know, we've all been to the events where they say, you know, go go to the desk at the back of the room and sign up today. And I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that that works. It works, you know, like when you do a masterclass and you're like, click the button below, do it now. It's only going to be there for 30 more seconds. That works. It does work. But the problem is it works for a certain type of person who's in a certain type of mindset. Mm. So if you are the type of person that's going to click a button to buy from me because I say, click it now, do it now. If you are that sort of person, then actually you're not my ideal client because my ideal client is more considered than that. They're more intentional than that. They're not going to do it because there's a clock ticking hanging over them and me shouting at them going, do it now. That's not my ideal client. You know, when I deliver a masterclass, I always say right at the beginning, some of you will work with me at the end and some of you won't. Either way, it's absolutely fine by me because I know how I how to spot my ideal client. My ideal client would have been ready for this masterclass 10 minutes before I started. My ideal client would be notepad in front of them, pen in hand, coffee ready, already know some questions that they want to ask me. That's my ideal client. Now, if that's you, great, you know, hang around to the end and I'd love to work with you. If you've, you know, got into this webinar by the skin of your teeth, you're late, you haven't got a notepad, you're not prepared, you need a wee, you're not my ideal client and enjoy Mm. the content. I'm going to give you loads of value, but I know what my ideal client looks like. And so those tactics they work for a certain type of person. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't want that type of person because they don't work hard. They don't work as hard as, as the other people, you know? So I think it's a very interesting question. Maybe that's a clubhouse room because I think that is a fascinating topic to get other people's perspectives on. Yeah. Scarcity versus urgency. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> uh, and look I'm, I'm gonna ask you one more question um appreciate you you taking the time to to join me today um but one a little bit about what motivated you to actually move into this space and and leave the corporate world because i've been on you know i didn't realize the amount of time you'd spent that with like one organization as well and it's you, you you kind of get into that mode of not knowing that life exists outside of that vacuum, do you? So, you know, what, what motivated you to ultimately leave auto trader after like 16, 17 years? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is like 
you're in a vacuum, you know, like you, I just didn't know that there was a world outside, didn't know what networking was, thought LinkedIn was a recruitment platform. I literally had no idea about, about all the stuff that I'm involved in now. But the real motivation for me when I left, my little boy was 18 months old and Autotrader had consolidated all their offices down to just two. And when I first joined them, we were 13 regional magazines. I was general manager for the Southwest. Um, and so, you know, I, w- I looked after a suite of, I think it was about eight magazines and, you know, about 60 odd staff and the production team and you know, and, and they were really great days, you know, running that magazine was fantastic. And then Autotrader um, moved into an online only platform and so consolidated the offices. So I was 18 month old baby living in Devon, flying up to Manchester two or three times a week, sometimes having to fly down to King's Cross in London, you know, down to London City and then back up and forgetting which airport I left my car in. You know, it was a busy yeah, it was a, a busy, busy job. You know, I had 60 staff, a target of £100 million a year, and 13,500 car dealers to look after. It was a busy, wow. very grown-up job, you know. And even, mm. when I, even when I think back now, I think, did I actually hit a £100 million target? I, I don't, don't even think I'm real, isn't it? It yeah. is unreal. It is yeah. unreal. Like two million quid a week, you know, it was crazy yeah. times. But my little boy was 18 months old and I was, uh, there was one particular day, actually, a taxi driver had picked me up from Exeter Airport to take me home and the traffic was really bad. And I knew that I'd missed my little boy's bedtime and I burst into tears. Mm. And the taxi driver was like, oh, are you, are you okay, miss? Do you want a tissue? And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just being an idiot. But I knew I'd reached my point. I knew I'd reached that point. And so I left, but I got headhunted by another local company here near me um, who wanted to pay me a lot of money to go and do another very good, amazing job for them. Um, and in eight weeks, I doubled their revenue. And that company had been going for like three months, uh, three years, sorry. And um, they were a very well-respected company in their field. And nobody there had ever been able to grow the revenue. And yet I'd gone in within eight weeks and doubled the revenue. And it was that little voice in my head saying, come on, Rachel, you've always wanted a business. If any of that lot could have grown this revenue, they would have done, but they needed you to come in and do it. Like you must know by now you've got the skills to start your own business. And so I finally just got out of my own way, handed my notice in on a Friday morning and went home and built a website that afternoon. And that was, and that was the start of my business journey. I love it. That's a a great story. And it's for you, like future goals, are they aligned to, you know, making the best possible environment for your son to kind of thrive through, through, you know, his time here. Yeah, absolutely. He's only seven. And, you know, whilst that's really young age, I can see it's a really important age because he's becoming quite aware of the world and, you know, we've got things like social media now, you know, like, Imagine when we were seven, having, you know, that awareness of computer games and people coming in on the chat on the computer game. And there's so much to think about. And so, yeah, he's he's definitely like a big part of 
of my why. He's interested in my work. He comes in on Zoom and he meets all my clients and, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it's just lovely. It's lovely. And he, he goes in and tells his school teacher, like, my mummy's a trainer. Like, she teaches people things, you know, like she's like you. She's a teacher. Wow. Um, and so it's very, very cute. So, yeah, he's a big part of big part of my why. Love it. Um, great story. Great story. And and for you, you just launched a podcast, which you mentioned right at the beginning of the show, which we'll tell people about again. But um, other than that, you know, what have you got planned for the next um, finishing up this year um, and, and moving on into, into the next year? Any any big plans, any big things you're, you're working on? Yeah. So... <laughs> We've got um, we've got a really exciting freebie. It's, it's free, completely free, coming out um, that I've been working on for a while with my team, and it's taken us a while because we wanted to get the experience right for the people that go through this process. And um, it's a free assessment. It's a free personal assessment, and it's called the next best opportunity. You know, what is your next best opportunity? And it's really for anybody that wants to get into the online space and doesn't quite know what to do next. It's for the people that feel a bit overwhelmed or unsure about what direction to take their business in to get it to the next level. So it could be that somebody's um, delivering one-to-one coaching and they don't know whether to do a membership or a one-to-many group coaching program or design a mastermind or build online courses. They're just not sure what to do next. It could be they're not sure whether to hire a team. They're not sure whether to increase their prices. And so we've designed this personal assessment. We're going to you know, certainly let the first hundred through for free um, and after that, you know, if, if if I get inundated, I might have to put a little charge on the process. But within three days of that assessment landing in my inbox, I am going to give people free feedback with a bit of a roadmap as to what I think they should do next to monetize their skills and experience. So that's really exciting um, and, a, and quite a when big is that project. Out? Within the next two weeks. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is going to be live on the 29th. We are now live on the 29th, as if you didn't know, of September. So yeah, um, early October then, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're just fine tuning a couple of things and pointing the domain at the at the site and then we're done. Then we're good to put it out there. So I've already had... Um, a couple of people yesterday road test it for me and give me some feedback on the experience. So I think we're just about there. So it's very, I'm very excited about that because it is my mission, you know, to help lots of people. I don't want to be the high ticket coach who just helps a handful of people. I want to help lots of people, which yeah. means that I want to keep my programs, my pricing accessible. I want to help new coaches and experienced coaches. Um, and, you know, my mission is 100,000 women. That's that's the goal. That And that's in writing. I've got that on a box. Somebody sent me at Christmas, my online business manager sent me a box of champagne. And on the front of it, it says, open me when you've impacted 100,000 women. Because that, really? that is the cool. mission. That's yeah, that cool. is the mission. Okay. Well, hey, if you want a male road tester, then yeah. <laughs> Fire, fire over, fire at will, fire at will, fire at will. Um, brilliant. Well, look, last thing, Rachel, where can people find out more about you? Remind me, what is your handle over on um, Instagram, for example, or or is there a better place for people to get hold of you? 
Yeah, well, in answer to where can they find me, the answer is everywhere. <laughs> we've got it. We've got it all going on. Um, most of my social media is in the name of either at my sales mentor or my name, Rachel Howarth. Um, but Instagram is at my sales mentor. Obviously, LinkedIn is my name. Facebook is at my sales mentor. Um, and obviously, with the podcast, um, you can go and look at the website, which is called buildingonlinesalessuccess.com um, to get links to go and listen to the podcast. But yeah, I think if anybody's got any questions, I'm very happy to take them on my Instagram DMs because that is my favorite place to hang yeah. out. Awesome. Uh, well, look, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. As usual, I've gone on longer than... Um, Thank you, uh, Alex. Plan. It's been great. I forgot I forgot that we were even recording. I thought we were just chatting. <laughs> ah, look at that. Perfect. That's the way it should be. Conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, and, and obviously, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even be able to invite people to come and listen to my podcast. So, you know it's it's back at you with the thanks because you know i want to thank you for being so being so good at helping me and my team to bring the podcast to life so thank you pleasure and i look forward to its continued success absolutely <laughs>
you know, just flagging to you if you haven't done it, there is a big wide world out there. You do only get one life. Um, you don't want to live it in regret. Equally, we've all got different responsibilities, no matter who you are. Some just have more responsibilities if you've got, you know, mortgage, uh, wife, husband, kids, whatever, you know. So you do have to balance that up. But for me, for me, it's been best thing that I ever did. And the time I spent at a big corporate like Virgin Atlantic were the most amazing years, I have to say. You know, the stories I could tell, the stories I could tell. Um, it was a fantastic time traveling the world, spending time with the likes of Richard Branson, for example, in exotic destinations. Um, but ultimately, I'm glad I left. I wish I'd left earlier, in all honesty. And what I'm doing now, hosting this podcast and making podcasts for other people and helping other people with their podcasts, there's nothing I'd rather be doing, in all honesty. So um, if you're thinking about it, set a date and screw it. Just do it. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my Ultimate Podcast Mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty-gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts the Podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.